Father God, you are tremendously gracious, God. You are altogether merciful, altogether loving. And again, Lord, as we said at the beginning, we are so thankful for your word that you give us, Lord, to know everything we need to know about your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, putting our faith and trust in him, what he did to accomplish our salvation for us by going to the cross, the glorious cross that we just sang about. Resurrecting, Lord, after three days of being dead in the ground to new life, eternal life that is promised to us. And Lord, as we come now to this time in our worship service, meaning the worship of you and your son, we, we pray that you would help us to have good understanding, that you would give us knowledge, that you would give us wisdom, discernment, and Lord, of course, how to put these things into practice, even in this area regarding mothers. We thank you and give you the glory, Lord. In your son Jesus' name we pray, amen. One of our U.S. presidents said this. You have to figure out which president it was. When all is said, it is the mother and the mother only who is a better citizen than the soldier who fights for his country. The successful mother, the mother who does her part in rearing and training aright the boys and girls who are to be the men and women of the next generation is of greater use to the community and occupies, if she would only realize it, a more honorable as well as more important position than any man in it. The mother is the one supreme asset of the national life. She is more important by far than the successful statesman or businessman or artist or scientist, end quote. Who do you think? I say bully. Theodore Roosevelt. So yes, we are going to talk about mothers today. Now, I'm going to start by actually telling you what we're not going to talk about. What text we're not going to specifically go to is our overarching text. And that is Proverbs 31 about the excellent wife and mother. In fact, I read something from a pastor on a a biblical website that I enjoy called The Cripple Gate. He said this, quote, Some women, after seeing the church bulletin on Mother's Day, with the sermon listed, with the text as being Proverbs 31, say to themselves, oh great, thanks for ruining my Mother's Day. I can't stand little Ms. Perfect Proverbs 31 woman. Now I have to leave church feeling guilty. So we're not going there. We're not going there. In fact, the author argues that we often look at Proverbs 31 in an incorrect context. He writes, the truth is Proverbs 31 presents an ideal that could not possibly be attained by all women and is not meant to be attained by all women. It teaches some timeless truths principles, but was not given by God to be an exact checklist for women, end quote. In fact, it was written by King Lemuel based on things that his mother taught him about what to look for in a wife and how to praise, thank, and honor his wife. And that's what we want to do this morning. My message this morning is about, indeed, honoring our mothers. And so what we are going to do today is focus on praising, praising, 
and thanking and honoring our mommies. And we will do this by going to the scriptures, of course, where you will see 12 reasons and ways why you should praise, thank, and honor your mother. Yes, I said 12. And no, you don't have to change your Mother's Day brunch reservations. You'll get there in plenty of time. It'll go fairly quick in that regard. Uh, this sermon is a, more of a, in a topical sense, where we're not going to focus just on one text. It is still expositional, but we will go to many different texts. So you're always welcome to turn in your Bibles to those texts. Sometimes we won't be there uh, real long, but again, you can kind of uh, give your fingers a workout this morning in uh, turning to the different uh, scriptures that we will uh, be reading. So, six reasons to honor mothers, followed by six ways to honor mothers. And the first one is this. Honor mothers because God commands it. God commands it. In this, we're going to find our text in Exodus chapter 20, in verse 12. And there, of course, it's uh, Moses, the people, Mount Sinai, Moses uh, comes down to the people and then God speaks to the people and he gives them the Ten Commandments. Of course, yes, these all get written down on the stones, but here he is speaking and in verse 12, he says this, Honor your father and mother that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. Now here's a few things we might want to remember about this command. The context of the Ten Commandments was not just for individuals, but it was for the whole nation. It was, it was a way for the nation to function as a godly society, and it was a way that then God would bring about human flourishing. We seem to have, I think, forgotten that in this day and age with our Ten Commandments that are you know, being removed from every possible building and place. Of course, they are broken down into two groups. Two tables, if you will. The first four having to do with man's relationship with God. And then the the latter six, man's relationship with each other. Honor your father or honor your mother is the first of the ones regarding human beings' relationships with other humans. And this, of course, is significant. That that would be the first one governing the rest of the human relationships. And this command is is also the only one of the ten with a promise that accompanies it. That your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. We also see that there is a consequence. There's a penalty for not doing this in, in Exodus 21 and verses 15 and 17 where it says, He who strikes his father or his mother shall surely be put to, what? Death. Verse 17, he who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. Now, some of you may be thinking, well, Pastor Jay, that's all well and good. But, you know, we're, we're on this side of the cross. We're not in the, under the Old Testament uh, Mosaic law anymore. We're under grace. Yes, praise God. But thankfully, it's also reiterated in the New Testament, starting with Jesus, quoting the Old Testament in Matthew 19, 19, when he tells the rich young ruler, honor your father and mother. And then, of course, we hear from Paul in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 to 3. He quotes the same uh, Exodus and also a Deuteronomy passage when he says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor. I heard little kids out there going, right, so you know this. That's good. That's good. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. 
so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Anyone want to live long? There we go. Number two, honor your mother for having given birth to you. I mean, it's as simple as that, right? In Proverbs 23 and verse 25, we read, Let your father and your mother be glad and let her rejoice who gave birth to you. Now, the context tells us that she rejoices at having given birth to you because you have learned and applied truth and wisdom and instruction and understanding from her. And what you have to remember is that your mother endured one of the consequences God dealt out to Eve back in the garden and subsequently all who would bear children. For in Genesis 3.16, it tells us to the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth. Speaking of God, talking to the woman, in pain you will bring forth children. So you weren't just, you know, such a bundle of joy there initially, gang. I mean, anyone who thinks that it would be easy to go through pregnancy, then maybe you should go home today and strap on an eight-pound bag of flour to your belly. Once a day, make yourself throw up and take some mood-altering drugs. See how you like it. No, I'm not suggesting you should really go home and take drugs, right? I'm being facetious. But think about it. Why would moms go through this? Why would they throw, go through this? Because children, of course, are a gift from the Lord. I know, I know, sometimes they seem like a curse, but the Bible says they're a gift. A joyful mother of children, praise the Lord, says Psalm 113 and verse 9. And then in Psalm 128 and verse 3, it tells fathers, your wife shall be like a fruitful vine within your house, your children like olive plants around your table. And yes, those were considered very good things back then. Number three, honor your mother because she loves you. Honor mothers because they love you. I mean, when you think about the love that some of our biblical moms had for their children, right? The the love that Sarah had for Isaac, Rebecca for Jacob, Rachel for Joseph and Benjamin. You think about Hannah, Hannah who dedicated her firstborn son Samuel to the Lord or or Moses's mother who in order to preserve his life put him in the basket and sent him floating down the river or the love Mary had for Jesus who was not just the savior of the world and the son of God to her but was her very own son as well we might imagine a mother having to witness the unjust treatment of her child Tremendous bodily injury at the hands of wicked men, their child being brutalized, humiliated, shamed, and tortured in front of them, and finally left to die a slow and excruciating death. I mean, can we just imagine how much of Mary's love for her son was frankly in her tears? If you're a mom, of course you can. Mothers care for And nurture their children out of their love for them. They teach them and they help them and they encourage them. The love of a mother is like no others. Mothers love their children in good times and it's bad when when their kids are acting sinfully or, or righteously. They love in every difficult situation and circumstance whether it was a product of their child's own doing or not. And no matter what happens to any of us in our lifetimes for better or for worse... Our mothers will always love us. Always. 
1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 7. Paul says, but we prove to be gentle among you as a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own children. In New Orleans, there's a cemetery where there is a monument which describes a ship in the midst of a storm-tossed sea, a mother and child clinging together on the vessel. And on the base, there's an inscription saying that they were drowned on July 4th, 1900. They were sole survivors of a large estate. And the question was, 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 had come up uh, with the authorities as to whose name should the estate be ministered. The name of the mother or the name of the daughter. And the court decided it should be in the name of the child. Reckoning that she went down last. Because the mother would surely be holding her in a place of safety till the bitter end. What a wonderful tribute to a mother's love. Number four, honor your mother because she teaches you to love God and his word. Honor your mother because she teaches you to love God and his word. In Proverbs 6 and verse 20, we read this. My son, observe the commandment of your father and do not forsake the teaching of your mother. And the implication here is what kind of teaching? Godly teaching. Teaching from the scriptures. Proverbs 31 and verse 26. She opens her mouth in wisdom. And the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Now moms. This may turn out to be one of the things that your children honor you for the most. How you led them in the ways of the Lord. And you see you have a tremendous charge and responsibility because Let's face it, you are the one that will spend the majority of time with your kids, and especially when they're young. Now, you may be thinking, well, but my kids are all grown up. They have kids of their own. Maybe I'm too late. No, it's never too late. Never too late. And now you have the bonus of being able to teach and lead even your grandkids or great-grandkids to Christ. In other words, you still have this tremendous opportunity To honor, or for honor, we should say, in how you influence the lives of these young ones that you have some oversight over or or some opportunity to spend time with. And moms, obviously, you need to show your children the love of God. You need to teach them, first and foremost, about the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to teach your children that they indeed are sinners, That they have rebelled even at their youngest of ages. Because even while we were uh, in the womb, we were sinners. And you need to teach them about the consequences of their sins. That yes, there is death. There is eternal separation from God. There is punishment in hell and the lake of fire. Of course, but we want them to know of the great love, the great grace, the great mercy of God. And how he, he gave to us a... A son, his son Jesus, to die in our place on the cross that we could be forgiven of our sins, that he then was put into the ground, but three days later rose again from the dead, conquering death and conquering sin and and conquering hell, of course conquering Satan. And he lives now in his heavenly kingdom. And if we would put our faith and our trust in him and what he accomplished for us on the cross, then we too, they, your children, will have forgiveness of sins And eternal life. Why not teach it to them now? 
when they have that childlike faith, when they haven't become jaded by so many things of the world. Instruct them in the scriptures, God's holy word. If these, if these things don't come from you, really, where are they going to come from? I mean, their Sunday school teachers are here, yes, and their youth leaders are here, yes, and they are here to reinforce what you already have been teaching them. And so in every day and in every way, you need to be filling up their hearts and their minds with the Word of God. You need to be the one to help them develop that biblical worldview so that they they become trained to, to see and interpret their experiences of life through Scripture. See every experience in life as a teaching opportunity, moms. Talk to them about the Scriptures when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. There was a Dr. Morgan theologian and pastor who has said this. He said, my dedication to the preaching of the word was maternal. When but eight years old, I preached to my little sister and to her dolls arrayed in orderly form before me. My sermons were Bible stories, which I first heard from my mother, my mother. Moms. And I say this with all due respect, but this is an honor you have to earn. Number five, honor your mother for being a godly example to you. Honor your mother for being a godly example to you. We, we return to Paul, but in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, where Paul says, For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, speaking to Timothy, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you as well. Did you get that? Why? Because Timothy's mother and grandmother were faithful examples to Timothy. So moms, this tells us that you are not just to teach and instruct, but of course you should have a a godly life or live out a godly life in front of your children and certainly will include grandchildren. In other words, not just talk the talk, but walk the walk, right? And, And again, it's another honor to earn. And remember this, your children are always watching you, right? Even if you're a senior saint, they're watching you as well. They take in so much more than we often think, don't they? And, and, and when you least expect it, watch out. They will say or do something that you said or did, and it probably is not going to be in the privacy of your own home. No, it'll be at a restaurant, or it'll be at a friend's house, or even, heaven forbid, here at church. Oh, mommy, remember how you said Mrs. So-and-so should stop dyeing her hair because she isn't fooling anybody? Yeah, that's just, or worse, 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 you know. So moms, moms, there is honor waiting for you from your children if you live out this godly life in front of them. They must see daily your faith in action. If they don't see that you have a, a deep and a passionate love for God and his son and his word and of course the people of God and the church, I mean, seriously, can you expect them to? When the will of Henry J. Hines, wealthy distributor of the famous 57 varieties uh, line, was read, it was found to contain the following confession, quote, Looking forward to the time when my earthly career will end, I desire to set forth at the beginning of this will as the most important item in it, a confession of my faith in Jesus Christ as my Savior. 
I also desire to bear witness to the fact that throughout my life in which there were unusual joys and sorrows, I have been wonderfully sustained by my faith in God through Jesus Christ. This legacy was left me by my consecrated mother, a woman of strong faith, and to it I attribute any success I have attained. End quote. And again, children... Of all ages, young and old, you need to honor your mother for having been a godly example to you and leading you in the ways of the Lord. Number six, honor your mother because she cares for your family. She cares for your family. And here we will um, take a snippet out of Proverbs 31 and and see how uh, this woman cared for her family. It says this in verse 13, She looks for wool and flax and works with her hands in delight. She is like merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She rises also while it is still night and gives food to her household and portions to her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. From her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She senses that her gain is good. Her lamp does not go out at night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff. And her hands grasp the spindle. Those latter ones, the distaff and spindle, of course, are tools for making clothing. In verse 21, it says that she is not afraid of the snow for her household. For all her household are clothed with scarlet. My wife is thanking the Lord that she does not have to live in the snow anymore. Verse 24, she makes linen garments and sells them and supplies belts to the tradesmen. Verses 27 to 29, she looks well to the ways of her household. And does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and bless her. Her husband also. And he praises her saying. Many daughters have done nobly. But you excel them all. In verse 31. Give her the product of her hands. And let her works. Praise her in the gates. There is praise. For mothers. Who take care of their families. Who work hard for their children. Provide For their children, their families. They sacrifice for them and they protect them. And yes, again, they should be honored for this. Number seven, honor your... Now we kind of move to the ways. Those were some of the reasons, right? And what are some of the ways, some of the ways that we can actually honor our our mothers? Honor your mother with your obedience. Obedience. Ephesians 6.1, of course, again, children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is... Right. This is right. God and his word is, of course, the ultimate authority for any family. God has designed families to operate in a certain way. He has given special authority to the dad of each family, followed by mom. Children are to obey their moms. They're to obey their dads. And of course, most importantly, they are to obey God. And like I'm sure many of you have done, we have kind of trained our kids with that that first-time obedience, right? Kids, if you know this, right? You're to obey how? Right away. You're to obey all the way. And what? With a happy heart. With a joyful heart. There you go. Good. I'm glad to see. The question is, is are we putting those into practice, right? Number eight. I don't know who the boy is. Yeah, at least he's honest. 
See, this is that moment we go back to where they're going to repeat things and say things. And so I'm like, uh, do we have any ushers that can, do we do removal? You know, people removal from the... uh... Number eight, honor your mother with your words. With your words. Back in Exodus 21, verse 17, we remember, He who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. That's not very honoring, right, with the words. In Proverbs 13, verse 11, it says, There's a kind of man who curses his father and does not bless his mother. In Psalm 19, 14, it says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And if we take this into the New Testament of Ephesians 4, 29, Paul says, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification or the building up, right? According to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. I mean, sometimes, let's be honest, we get careless with our words. And we get careless with our words towards our mothers. We figure they know us so well and and us them. And sometimes we just kind of let things fly out of our mouths. And and we don't really stop to, to think or ask ourselves, am I honoring my mom in the way that I'm speaking with her? I mean, I... I've heard some kids say some pretty horrible and despicable things to their moms, and you probably have too. And not just from unbelievers, but sometimes even from the ranks of our our own families. And so whether you are young or old, you need to be careful how you talk to your mom. And, and, and you make, need to make sure that even when you're disagreeing with her, or you're, you find yourself upset at her, you still do not say dishonoring things to her because if you aren't showing her honor with your words then you're not only sinning against your mom but you're sinning against who god and if that happens of course you need to repent you need to repent before god you need to repent before your mother number nine honor your mother by revering and respecting her revering and respecting her in leviticus chapter 19 and verse 3 We read this, every one of you shall reverence his mother and his father. What does that mean? Well, it means to honor your mom with your attitude. It means to revere her. It means to respect her. Now, now what about those of you young or old who who might have an issue revering your mother? Maybe you don't think your mom has done anything to warrant your reverence or respect. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You are still commanded to honor and revere and respect her because of the sovereign ordained position that God has placed her in as your mother. I mean, for instance, you might not like your your boss at work. You you might disagree with your boss on, on many points. You might think that they're a lousy leader or that you wish you had a different boss. And though these things may be true, you still need to honor your boss with your reverence and respect for the sheer fact that they are your boss. And we might say also ordained by God in that position over you. Here's the deal. If your mom is really so bad that you as a Christian struggle with honoring or revering or respecting her, then, well, there's a good chance that maybe she is not even a believer. Maybe she is an unsaved person. 
And so even more important for you to be able to do these things for the sake of the gospel. You have to ask yourself, if you as a believer are disrespectful or you're spiteful or or vengeful towards an unsaved mother, how are you going to share the love of Jesus with her without sounding like a hypocrite? You're not. You're just flat out not. Now, I just want to address our youth kind of directly for a moment here and ask you this question. How are you to reverence and respect mom? Well, here's three ways that you can do that. You can reverence or respect mom with your actions and with your attitudes and with your words. In other words, if your mom asks you to do something around the house, maybe she asks you to take out the trash or take out the recycling or, or she, she asks you to vacuum the living room or clean, clean the cat box or wash the dishes or, or do your homework, do your laundry, fold your laundry, uh, put your clean and folded laundry away. Do you think we have an issue with laundry in our house? No. And, and, you, and you, know, you give her one of these, oh, or you're like the eye roll. Or you're, you know, muttering under your breath. Or you're walking away to do it, but you're, you know. Or if you just stand there and you tell her, no. No. Then beware. Because Proverbs chapter 30, verse 17 has something to say to you. I hear some chuckles because you know what's coming, right? The eye that mocks a father and scorns a mother. The ravens of the valley will pick it out and the young eagles will eat it. There you go, kids. Can't tell you how many times we've used that one. And of course, in the Old Testament, when kids were completely out of control, stubborn and rebellious, disobedient and dishonoring to their parents, they were stoned to death by the community. Look it up. Deuteronomy 21, 18 to 21. Kids? Be afraid, be very afraid. And by the way, revering and respecting mothers is not just for uh, those of you who still have moms, but it's for everyone. Jesus affirmed this when he rebuked a bunch of grown men, the Pharisees in Mark 7, for not honoring their father or mothers by trying to find a way out of financially caring for their parents so that they could hoard more money for themselves. Even reminding them of that passage in Exodus, he who speaks evil of father or mother is to be put to death. So it's not just for the youth. It's for everybody. Number 10, honor your mother by heeding her wise counsel. Honor her by heeding her wise counsel. And this, we go to Proverbs 23. And in Proverbs 23, verses 22 to 25, go ahead and turn there for a moment. Proverbs 23, 22 to 25, it's a section of Proverbs that was compiled by Solomon, but not originally written by him. And in chapter 23, the whole chapter is on life and conduct. And then we get to verse 22, and in verse 22, it says this, listen to your father, Who begot you. And do not despise your mother when she is old. Buy truth and do not sell it. Get wisdom and instruction and understanding. I'll just throw in my own parentheses to say this is how you are not to despise your mother. 
In verse 24, then it says, the father of the righteous will greatly rejoice and he who sires a wise son will be glad in him. Let your father and your mother be glad and let her rejoice who gave birth to you. We read that earlier. And and this happens again because you have listened to that wise counsel, her instruction and her teaching. Youth. You are often wise in your own eyes. I know. I was there. We were all there. And your parents and grandparents, they were there too. Adults, your moms can still teach you a thing or two, can't they? Absolutely. Going back to another quote by uh, G. Campbell Morgan. G. Campbell Morgan had four sons. And they all became ministers. And at a family reunion, a friend asked one of the sons, So... Which Morgan is the greatest preacher? And while the son looked at the father, he replied, Mother. (laughs) Listen then to your mom's wise and godly counsel, because yes, she's lived a life already. She does know a little bit more than you. Number 11, honor your mother by taking her seriously, or by taking seriously, I should say, her God-given role in your life. Honor your mother by taking seriously her God-given role in your life. This comes from Ezekiel 22. Ezekiel 22. In Ezekiel 22, God spoke to Ezekiel and he pointed out the sins of Israel, starting with their shedding of blood, meaning murder, even calling Jerusalem the bloody city. This was followed by abominations, idolatry of epic proportions. And then we read this, this sin In chapter 22, verse 7, they have treated father and mother lightly within you. So with all of these other sins, these abominations and things, there's this. That father and mother were being treated lightly. The Hebrew word there means of little account. Insignificant, despised, contempted, dishonored. To which God gives the consequence Back in verse 4, when he says, I have made you a reproach to the nations and a mocking to all the lands. Partly because of the way moms and dads were being treated. And you just have to wonder, is this not somewhat of the way it is today? I mean, some countries who honor their parents, frankly, must think it a joke the way we in America have, have desecrated the role of father and mother. Fathers and mothers in a biblical sense, are are sure not esteemed much anymore, it would seem, in this country. In fact, much of our society really sees parents as irrelevant. A point, in fact, is how we are stripping away the rights of parents. Again, moms are our moms because God ordained it that way. He was the one who designed the family unit, which, by the way, consists first and foremost of who? Husband and wife. Notice that kids aren't in the picture until after a fall. Hmm, does that mean they're a product of the fall? I wonder. But at the end of God's six days of creation, when God says it's very good, who do you have? Adam and Eve. You have husband and wife. That's it. In other words, kids, young and old, it ain't about you. It's not. It's not. In any case, God is the one who decided that you would have the mom 
that you do. Therefore, you should never treat her lightly or of little account or as insignificant. You should not despise her. You should not treat her with contempt or dishonor her in any way. Rather, you are to be a blessing to her. And as we've been saying, this command of honoring your mother isn't just for those still living at home. It is for anyone who has a mother. In fact, God takes very seriously children of all ages who do not honor their mothers. In Deuteronomy 27 and verse 16, it says, Cursed is he who dishonors his father or mother, and all the people shall say, Amen. Notice it doesn't just say children or kids. But rather, all in that sense, he who would do this. And lastly, 12th, honor your mother by taking care of her. Honor your mother by taking care of her. There is no better example um, from this than that of our Lord. This is in John chapter 19. John chapter 19. You can turn there if you like for this... uh, for this last one. John 19, of course, we are in the midst of the crucifixion. Christ is there on the cross. It says in John 19, beginning in verse 25. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother... And his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus then saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, of course John, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her into his own household. I think that's a remarkable picture. Christ on the cross, bleeding, dying, suffering the very wrath of his father. And in that moment, wants to take care of his mom. Wants to make sure that she is provided for. And in this case, looks to John to help things out. Of course, over in First uh, Timothy, in chapter 5. First Timothy chapter 5. We can turn there for just a, a moment. In 1 Timothy 5, beginning in verse 3, Paul is also addressing uh, the honoring of widows. And he says this, 1 Timothy 5, verse 3, Honor widows who are widows indeed. But if any widow has children or grandchildren, they must first learn to practice piety in regard to their own family and to make some return to their parents. For this is acceptable in the sight of of God. Now she who is a widow indeed and who has been left alone has fixed her hope on God and continues in entreaties and prayers day, uh, night and day. But she who gives herself to wanton pleasure is dead even while she lives. Prescribe these things as well so that they may be above reproach. But if anyone does not provide for his own and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So when a woman is in a situation here, of being a widow, then it would first be the responsibility of the children and grandchildren to take care of her. And if 
they would choose not to. They are not taking care of those in their household and they are denying the faith and are even worse than an unbeliever. So yes, we need to take care of those moms that need to be taken care of. And of course, then, if there aren't kids or she didn't uh, have that situation where where they could uh, take care of her, then of course the church steps in with the widow indeed. And frankly, sometimes our moms may need our help. Paul explains, or excuse me, maybe they, they might need some financial help. They might just need things done around the house. They might just need a, a sort of kindness or encouragement. Or maybe they just need a little bit of your time every now and again. I mean, they spent years taking care of you. Maybe it's time to return the favor. Many of you, I, I imagine, uh, know this book. It is called, I'll Love You Forever. It starts out with the mom giving birth to her child and, 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 and she rocks him in her arms and she, she says this to her child, I'll love you forever, I'll like you for always, as long as I'm living, my baby you'll be. Well, as the child grows up, we see the mom at different times in her life still taking the child in her arms, even as he gets a, a you know, to be the toddler stage and the, the, uh, uh, child stage and young man stage, if you will, and and repeats this promise each time, holding on to her son. I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always, as long as I'm living, my baby, you'll be. And of course, she does this even into his adult years until the day comes when she is now too old to go over to her adult's child's house and rock him and sing to him. And so the adult child comes to her and he holds her, his mom, now in his arms and he rocks her and he says to her, I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my mother you'll be. Honor your mothers by taking care of them. Well, those of you who have moms, those of you who have grandmothers or know a mom or a grandmother, would you please raise your hand? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's all of us, isn't it? Won't you honor them? Won't you honor them every day of your life? And in so doing, bring blessing upon yourself. And for moms and certainly grandmoms, Love God with all of your heart and with all of your mind and with all of your strength and be a God-fearing mom who invites the honor of her children. As a pastor once said in a Mother's Day tribute, my mother practices what I preach. End quote. Let's pray. Father God, we do thank you. We thank you for our moms. We thank you for grandmothers and Lord our, our moms might not be with us anymore our grandmothers might not be with us but father maybe there are some moms out there that we could still encourage with these words I don't want anyone leaving this message thinking it, it wasn't for them Lord we can all play a part here in how we honor moms or encourage moms or Maybe there will be some that will seek out a mom and, and, and find out how they can encourage and 
help her pray for her. And Lord, again, we do thank you for our moms who have blessed us in many different ways. And I pray, yes, we would put your word to practice in our life and how we show honor to our moms. We pray all of this in your son Jesus' name. Amen.